everybody, it's Drags, and it's Wednesday, December 12th. Time for episode 275 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com, and of course, follow us on Twitter, at Patriots CLNS. There are few games and rivalries in the NFL truly worth a week of build-up, but we're, what we're about to see on Sunday, I think, is certainly one of them. And there's no one better to talk about this from the Steelers' perspective than ESPN NFL Nation's expert Steelers senior writer, Jeremy Fowler. Follow him on Twitter at JF. O-W-L-E-R-E-S-P-N. Welcome back from the black hole, Jeremy. How how you doing? <laughs> I made it back safely, so uh, ready to talk some football. Thanks, y- man. Yeah, it's great to have you on board. Just when I thought, Jeremy, the Patriots had a bad loss on a bad ending, about three, well, just as your game was beginning in Oakland, uh, the Steelers clutched defeat from the jaws of victory against the Raiders uh, when Chris Boswell slipped on the grass and blew that game-tying 40-yard uh, field goal right after, by the way. Um, ben Roethlisberger had his own hook and ladder uh, that seemed to set up uh, the Steelers in great shape, at least for overtime. How bad was it post-game for the Steelers on Sunday? Yeah, that, you could tell that they uh, they understood how bad of a loss this was. Whether they wanted to say it publicly or not, you kind of felt the gravity of it, you know. I mean, this is they knew what was coming up, Patriots, Saints, and Bengals, which is always a tough game, you know. So there are no guarantees at this point. I mean, yeah, they have a half-game lead in the AFC North, but based on what's coming up, you know, they're, they're far from a certainty they'll be in the playoffs. So they knew they needed this one. And it just, you know, the whole game was just kind of clumsy. You had Roethlisberger on the sidelines sort of waiting to come in, but they're trying to determine what the injury even was to his ribs. You have Chris Boswell slipping, can't kick field goals. Um, you know, players all over the place were slipping on that turf. Really including bad. quarterback Mike Hilton on the on the fourth down, uh, which is crucial. And, you know, he's got his, his you know, his, his hands buried on his face mask afterwards. So there was just, there were a lot of emotions on that sideline and really a defense that, that hopes to be better, but they just can't get stops to finish games. So so what was the deal with the X-ray room uh, and Ben Roethlisberger? And I, I know um, the Steelers GM and Mike Tomlin were getting together. Kind of bizarre that uh, they were trying to make up their, their minds, it looked like, uh, as the game was going on and whether or not Big Ben would return. Yeah, well, Ben Roethlisberger spoke on his radio show. Tomlin addressed the media today, and they both had the same story. So, you know, either they had to get it all straight or, or this was really the, the, the total truth that the X-ray machine is to blame. That blurry X-ray in Oakland that's been used hundreds of times, I assume, over the years in that old black hole. You know, they, that, that was that was their go-to today, that that was the problem. And uh, they just the, the, Tomlin said he, he couldn't clearly indicate what the injury was and, you know, in a way to avoid worsening an injury that they didn't know about, they figured they'd let the game ride out for a little bit and only use Ben in an emergency, which looked like it was going to work out after the touchdown drive, but then they still couldn't get the stop. So uh, it was just sort of too late, you know, whether it, it sounded like today from Tomlin that, you know, he was hoping that they could kind of grind out this game and not have to even worry about playing Roethlisberger again. Um, but you know, that's hard to do in the NFL. It's hard to just assume that you can hold a 14 to 10 lead and get it done with your backup. 
So I'm glad you mentioned Mike Tomlin because uh, you have a terrific column out um, today uh, talking about uh, the test that you referred to that's coming up for the Steelers, the Patriots, Saints, and Bengals uh, to finish out the season. Uh, it's entitled, See What This, uh, you know, the, pa- the Steelers are going to see what this team is made of. That's a pull quote from uh, guard David DeCastro. Uh, but what was interesting to me is the quote from Steelers coach Mike Tomlin. Redemption Sunday is coming. We'd better be prepared for it. So interpret for us, uh, if you will, Jeremy. <laughs> well, I don't think he's, yeah, I don't think he's guaranteeing victory, but I think he's trying to, uh, he's trying to rally his guys. Just right. Build some confidence somehow in a, in a bleak moment. He's done that before, um, something to the effect of, you know, they'll be, we'll be bringing hell in December. Uh, after a rough stretch early in his career, and they ended up struggling that December. So, um, you know, we'll see if these words merit uh, a little more strength this time around. But, you know, I think he also knows that despite some clear warps that he has a good team, uh, the, the offensive line should still be one of the best in the league. They've struggled a bit to run the ball lately, um, but that's partly due to injury. And, you know, with Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Ben Roethlisberger, you can get hot at any time. You know, Roethlisberger always gives them a chance. And so I think they're, you know, they're holding on to that. A defense has been good in spots, and they can sack the quarterback, that's for sure. Yep. Um, they're just hoping that works against Tom Brady. Yeah, that's one thing Bill Belichick was mentioning. I asked him about that in his conference call on Tuesday, and that was um, just how good, um, you know, J.J. Uh, Watt's younger brother um, is – along with uh, um, the other outside linebacker um, that uh, the Steelers have. They have the ability to get after the quarterback, and Belichick is more than aware uh, of what kind of damage they can do. Yeah, you know, it really starts with them uh, with front seven pressure or really just, you know, the front four, the two, well, if you count defensive tackle Javon Hargrave, depending on their setup. But, yep. you know, they try to get pressure without having to blitz a ton. They will blitz to get creative that way. Um, but they, they have their best players are up front. You know, obviously with losing Ryan Shazier, that's been a struggle at linebacker and the inside. And, and you know, they, they've turned a lot of different players out in the secondary. Really, Joe Hayden's the only stable force there. But up front, they believe Watt, you know, if he's not a superstar, he's a very, very good player. Um, you know, he's not the type that's maybe going to dominate the game like a Vaughn Miller, uh, but he, he's just really steady, professional knows how to create leverage and, and, and beat coverage and or uh, you know beat the tackle. He's he's just he's a skilled guy. And so uh, Cam Hayward still really probably one of the best uh, defensive inside guys. Stephon Two has been pretty good of late. So you know they're counting on getting pressure. It's just a matter of can they create turnovers off that pressure. That's been the biggest issue for them. They're one of the league's worst. And they're really on pace for a team record in turnovers um, with, with the lowest number ever. You know, the defensive backfield alone is stuck on four interceptions, which is not going to get it done. You know, the other player I was trying to uh, think of is Bud Dupree. And um, yeah. how has he come along? Because I remember when he came into the league, um, what was it, uh, last year or two years ago, um, he, he was an impact player right away. Yeah, he's a big-time athlete, um, really strong, fast guy. And so that, that comes out in his play a lot of the times. You know, that really, I think he has five and a half sacks. He probably should have more like eight, uh, cause he's gotten a, a, a bunch of holding calls where he had really a near sack and then the tackle had to sort of drag him down. Um, so he hasn't really had that breakout moment yet as a pro. Um, 
you know, he's, he's still maybe a, a little stiff as like a bender. You know, he's not really a natural bender type and maybe overshoots uh, the, the quarterback at times, doesn't take the best angles. But overall, you know, he's been a playmaker for them. He creates a lot of disruption, and so they're going to need that Sunday for sure. Patriots, um, as we all know here in New England, have dominated the rivalry in the Tom Brady era. I thought you had a great um, tweet uh, on Tuesday morning uh, when you uh, sent out the obligatory uh, Tom Brady mastering the Steelers. 23 interceptions, uh, touchdowns, and <laughs> the Steelers wish it was 23 interceptions. 23 touchdowns and just one interception, I believe, in the last eight games against the Steeler defense. Those are remarkable numbers. I mean, they're remarkable even for a quarterback as accomplished as Tom Brady, right? I mean, yeah. it's just it's sort of an odd level of, of dominance um, that really the Steelers on some levels can't figure out. You know, they, they feel like the last couple games against them in Pittsburgh, that they, you know, they've played okay against them in spots, but then, you know, late in the game, like you saw last year, Brady, Gronkowski, they drive down the field. In fact, my comment was asked today, have you seen anything that can stop Gronkowski? as far as coverage is, and he said, yes, uh, but not from us. You know, we'd like to be a part of that. Um, talking about other teams potentially stopping Gronk, but they have not. So, just you know, tight ends cause problems for this defense anyways, and it's always Gronk. You know, they're hoping that maybe if he is on a slight decline or maybe the, the running ability is not there like it used to be, that they can take advantage of that, but he always seems to find a way to get Pittsburgh. So it's interesting you say that. Remember all the talk after the Patriots handled the Steelers in the AFC Championship uh, a couple of years ago on the way to Super Bowl 51. There was all that talk about um, the Steelers have to get away from playing zone against Rob Gronkowski. It just won't work. Right. And then the, then the Steelers last year um, looked like they had made a, a pretty good adjustment. They led, what, 24-16 going into the fourth quarter. Um, and, and, you know, the Patriots weren't completely, you know, well, they weren't effective really offensively at all for the first three quarters. And then they put 11 points on them, the end of the game drive, as you mentioned. Um, yeah. Is Keith Butler starting to figure out that he's got to mix things up, not just pure zone, not just man-to-man? Yeah, I think so. And, and Tomlin did say that today, especially with Gronkowski. It takes multiple guys in multiple techniques against a player like Gronkowski. So, you know, they, they've tried to be that way this year. In fact, they've tried to infuse more man coverage the last two seasons, and Joe Hayden has helped. Um, you saw it a little bit yet, uh, Sunday against the Raiders where, you know, Derek Carr really didn't target Jordy Nelson a whole lot because Hayden had him pretty well locked up. And so they just kept going to the tight end, Jared Cook, and then the Steelers must have put five different guys on him. Uh, two, you know, a safety at least one corner, two different linebackers, and none of it really worked. And so, the, you know, the problem is sort of becoming they're, they're trying a lot of things, and, uh, you know, they, they show improvement in spots, but, you know, to, to have like a really good lockdown, uh, you know, pass covering safety or linebacker just hasn't really worked out. And Ryan Shazier, unfortunately for them, was that guy or was developing into that guy before he got hurt. Speaking of last year, uh, speaking with a terrific senior writer covering the Steelers for ESPN, uh, NFL Nation, Jeremy Fowler, how much does that Jesse James overturn touchdown from a year ago burn not just the team, the coaching staff, but their fan base still? <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's funny because this whole year um, you've seen the catch rule evolve largely because of that play. Now, to an extent, that does Brian play a couple years ago in Green Bay and right. other examples, but 
you know, the, the James catch or non-catch was, uh, you know, was sort of the catalyst for, for changes in that regard that, that you've seen around the league. And so there's a, probably a bitterness there associated with the fan base. You know, why couldn't we have got that one? And, um, you know, with, with James, too, I mean, he's, he's basically talked about before how his life's changed a little bit even through all this, or at least early on. You know, he's getting a lot of calls and text messages from loved ones and maybe <laughs> unnecessarily, you know. <laughs> Um, and that he wished he had a do-over, he could just secure the ball first without trying to make a football move. Um, but, you know, I, I think the Steelers largely felt like they all played New England last year, and uh, and they really weren't the same after that game. It just, no. It, you know, you could see it in that Jacksonville loss in the playoffs. Um, even though they were explosive on offense, it just the season had got away from them. And, it, and they, they had put so much stock privately in wanting to beat New England. You can talk about taking it a week at a time and respecting every opponent, and they do, but there was more juice last year in uh, week, I think it was week 15, you know, where they just wanted to, they want to get past that. You know, now it's a little different dynamic. You know, they're not the same 13-3 and team. Now they're just, it, it's not as much about New England as it is just about trying to get a win. Speaking with Jeremy Fowler, terrific senior writer covering the Steelers for ESPN NFL Nation. Hey, everybody, want to tell you about a new wellness brand for men. It's called Hims. With the windy winter months coming up, I want my skin to feel clean and fresh. That's why I swear by Hims Everyday Moisturizer. It's a daily moisturizer that you won't want to give up on because it won't give up on you. This light moisturizer helps keep your skin from looking overly shiny or oily. Hims is also great for another common problem. Hair loss. 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. Thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. It's always easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. The solution for hims.com. One-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Go to forhims.com slash trags. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-R-A-G-S forhims.com slash trags. Speaking with Jeremy Fowler, the terrific senior writer and columnist covering the Steelers for ESPN NFL Nation. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before the break. Really haven't figured out the Steelers at all this year, uh, Jeremy. They're 7-5-1, and one, of course. The 21-21 tie in Cleveland to open the season. They were lucky to get that tie. Then there was the loss the next week at home to the Chiefs, which, you know, really is not a terrible loss considering the year Pat Mahomes has had in the Chiefs. Then they appeared to get their act together, the win in Tampa, a loss at home to the Ravens. Then they reel off six straight wins, now three straight losses. Who are they? Who are they? The Steelers are a explosive passing offensive team uh, that can apply a lot of pressure on the quarterback, but can't. That does not outweigh their deficiencies, and so that leaves them sort of uh, stuck in the middle and underachieving in a lot of spots. You know, they're probably too talented to be seven five and one, but they're also, um, you know, when you lose two really top top 20 to 30 players in the league like Le'Veon Bell and Ryan Shazier, it's going to show. You need right. guys like that to take over games. Um, and, and those absences have been an issue. You know, James Conner's been a nice fill-in, but he had struggled a little bit before he got hurt with the ankle injury. And now that the backups in this situation really struggled last week to run the ball. And so, you know, that leaves them unbalanced, which they don't like to be for the most part. So it's really all on Roethlisberger, uh, which, you know, he, he can certainly get the job done. Um, but if the Patriots can bait him into a mistake or few, that changes the complexion of the game as well because, you know, he, he does throw 
the occasional interception. I, I believe he's tied for second in the league with that. Since 2015, he's gotten uh, you know 50 plus interceptions. So you know that that has to be a factor as well. Um, and really, defensively, their team's still searching for an identity, which is a major issue to have 13 weeks into the year. You know, they say they want to stop the run first, but they've let teams run on them. Uh, and so that leaves them vulnerable, even if they can rush the passer. How long did it really take for the Steelers to get over the ugly Le'Veon Bell divorce? And, and secondly, did you get to pirate anything from Bell's locker like the rest of the team did? <laughs> uh, you know, there were a lot of Jordan cleats available. That's about <laughs> all that was in there. Um, so the, the players made a quick work of that. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of complicated, but it's simple at the same time because, you know, the, the Steelers, Sort of, uh, they saw the duality of, you know, wanting a teammate to be there with him, but also wanting him to get his money. And uh, so, they, I think a lot of guys were torn about that. Not the offensive line, though. They were really no. frustrated. <laughs> Not that they wanted to get paid, but they, they just wish it was handled differently, and that they could have prepared for the whole year off season going into it, knowing that Bill wasn't going to be there. So, you know, the whole thing was a charade. And, and that, that week eleven, when they went in the locker room, it was playful. You know, it wasn't malicious by any stretch, but it, it was a little telling in that I think guys wanted closure, you know. Um, yep. And really, they, they've played poorly since they've gotten closure. So that's the funny thing. So, I, you know, it's really it comes down to that. The team is willing to wait for him to the last minute because they know he's a great player, and, and right now they miss him. There's no way around it. And But there's no use in talking about it anymore either, you know, because they're all sort of passive. Why have... Uh... Why has Juju Smith-Schuster been able to break out this year with Antonio Brown? Well, it's funny. You know, everybody keeps around here keeps talking about, or at least players, talking about how Antonio Brown gets double-teamed so much, and that leaves Juju Smith-Schuster open with one-on-one, which, you know, has been true, but something is going to have to change with that, where maybe pretty soon he's going to, you know, Juju's going to start to get double-teamed because uh, he's winning pretty consistently against one-on-one coverage, but he can win in the slot. They moved him outside more in recent weeks, and that's where his game has really taken off. Um, you know, he can go up high and get it. He can get yards after the catch. Um, you know, he's not an elite Tyree Kill type speedster, but he is fast enough and he uses his speed really well in kind of a quick twitch way. And so, I mean, he's become a leader. There's really no way around it. You know, um, I, I, I keep waiting for some sort of issue to expose itself. You know, like I was thinking maybe man to man coverage against elite cornerbacks would become an issue, like last year against Jacksonville, he didn't do much in the playoff game. Uh, but, you know, he's matched up against some pretty good corners and it's fared well. And so, you know, Bill Belichick on a conference call with us just said today, is like most teams want just one elite guy and the Steelers have two. And, you know, that's hard to match up against. You know, it's interesting you uh, bring up the whole um, the double coverage um, aspect of uh, Antonio Brown's game versus uh, Smith-Schuster because – if I recall correctly, Antonio Brown had a quote essentially saying that after the Denver game, the loss that started this three-game skid uh, after yeah. Smith-Schuster's 97-yard touchdown in that game. And Brown said, no, I wasn't surprised since um, Brown was drawing – he, Brown, was drawing the double coverage. Yeah, that play, and I, and I remember watching it back, and the safety did roll to Brown's side. And that's typically what happens. It's not like a, a hard double team, but it's, you know, the safety – uh, especially, in, you know, in a single high look, will go to Brown uh, most of the time. And, and you got to wonder if that will change at some point. Brown would love that. You know, he would love some one-on-one coverage because the times that he has gotten it, like in the Carolina game earlier or the Los Angeles Chargers game, you know, they've taken, you know, Ben and, and uh, AB have taken advantage of that 
really early and got the big games. So that's why you don't see it very often. I mean, he's still the same player for the most part. Uh, I don't really think he's lost quickness or anything. It's just the, the flow of the season hasn't gotten him the same numbers. Speaking with Outstanding Steelers senior writer for ESPN's NFL Nation, Jeremy Fowler. Everybody, I want to tell you about a revolutionary way to follow your investments. It's called Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's simple and intuitive. It's clear design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. Take it from me. I use Robinhood's app every day to monitor my investments, and I can make informed decisions based on real-time data as well as market trends and history. Sign up at patriots.robinhood.com. That's patriots.robinhood.com. Again, speaking with Jeremy Fowler covering the seniors, uh, the Steelers as a senior writer for ESPN's NFL Nation. Glad you uh, mentioned Ben Roethlisberger before the break. Look, he has Hall of Fame credentials, two Super Bowl wins. He's been to three Super Bowls. But there's the flip side of it. And everybody talks about the Jesse James fumble, right, um, at the goal line. But it was uh, a play two plays later that actually cost them the chance at OT, and that was the red zone interception. And there was the play in Denver you made reference to. What did Steeler fans um, think of when they think of Ben making those mistakes in the red zone? Well, yeah, I think he has four interceptions in the red zone alone. So it, it, it's really helped back, um, you know, those terms have helped back the offense from, from putting up even more points because it's already, uh, you know, a, a very strong offense, one of the best as far as passing yards, um, you know, pro- prolific offense across the board, um, or at least when James Conner was running the ball well early in the year and they were going to him, but uh, you know, I, I think Steelers fans are, you know, they've, they've, they've been around Roethlisberger long enough where they appreciate that every game he's in, he gives them a chance to win, you know. And I think most people here wouldn't trade him uh, really for anybody outside of Tom Brady or maybe Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, even look at the like, Packers are struggling this year, too. And so Roethlisberger's never had a losing season. That probably won't happen this year either. And that's a pretty, pretty telling stat. Um, they also know that he's got some Brett Favre in him, and huh. that includes some interceptions. He's just, he even calls himself a gunslinger. You know, he's, he's mentioned the word that he's going to continue to sling it, and that gets him in trouble. In fact, I spoke with his offensive coordinator, Randy Feekner, just last week about this, and he said sometimes Roethlisberger will make a throw, you know, rolling to his left 50-yard bullet between two defenders in the end zone, and you'll say, what was that? And then he'll throw another pass three times later, and you'll say, what was that? And it will turn into a turnover. And so he just – he's one of those guys that will frustrate you a little bit, um, might even cost you a game or two, but he's usually going to win you a lot of games that maybe you, uh, maybe you were out of through three quarters, and he leads you back. So I saw the uh, quote on Tuesday from uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and I think it actually was from his uh, uh, radio show uh, as well, and that was – the fact that, you know, he's 2-9 and nine against the Brady-led Patriots, right? And he's yeah. essentially, I'm going to paraphrase here, who isn't, who hasn't struggled against the Patriots? Is that essentially the way he looks at this uh, rivalry and the fact that he's had such trouble against Tom Brady? Well, I, I think so. You know, it, it's easy to look around the league outside of Miami maybe right now uh, 
maybe Baltimore once upon a time. Not many teams have, have uh, you know, really put New England in their place consistently. And so, you know, that maybe that's a rallying cry for the Steelers that, that they can they can believe that they can beat them. And you would think, uh, as good as the Patriots are, you would think the law of averages at some point for a team that's been a, a playoff team nearly every year for the right. last decade that that would average out. Um, but it doesn't seem to happen. And it, it usually comes down to who makes plays in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, you even saw it last year that the Steelers at the goal line and, you know, there was just chaos about what, what play was even coming in. Were they going to run a play? Were they going to kick a field goal? You know, they need to have true cohesion this year across the board to be prepared for every scenario and play, really play their best game of the year to have a chance. Do you think the Steelers get it done this weekend? Because, you know, look, the Patriots are, the Patriots, if they win this weekend, they're going to finish 12 and 4 because I don't think they're going to lose to the Bills and Jets at home. But the Steelers, we already went over what their schedule looks like, uh, after the Patriot game. It's the Saints and then they have the Bengals. Um, and I think the Steelers are almost at home in a must win situation. Yeah, I'm torn on this one because I think they get one of the next two. I don't think they beat New England and New Orleans. I think they win one of those two, but I'm hard-pressed to think they're going to go into the Superdome and win that one. But I'm also hard-pressed to think that they're going to defy off and beat the Patriots, too. So I I know that's non-committal. If I had to pick right now, I would say that the Patriots will win in the close game. Um, You know, the Steelers, there's no guarantee they get James Conner back. So, you know, they're they're probably at their best when they can run the ball effectively against New England. That's what they wanted to do in the playoffs two years ago. But Le'Veon Bell really had it rolling, and then he got that groin injury, and that changed their whole game plan. And so if they can't run the ball this time, um, it's all on Roethlisberger, and, and you know he can take over. He can get hot. He get hotter than anybody. Put up those four or five hundred yard type games, but um, I, I just don't know if it's going to be enough against a defense that, that seems to be once again in transition. Maybe if they can somehow pull this out, this will be a spark uh, to, to someone, or, to, or to maybe. A, going to be a springboard to the playoffs, so it's going to be fascinating, but yeah, when do you get in town, Saturday night? I get in town Saturday night, and uh, I'll have uh, some type of uh, brunch before the game, get settled, and I, when they're on the road like this, I like a 425 start. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, it's usually a sweet spot, because eight, 8's too late, you're going to bed at you know, 3 or 4 a.m. Yeah. But then, you know, 1 o'clock game, you don't have the morning, so I, I yeah, I'm with you, 425 is a good sweet spot, especially when you're at home uh, like I am. You know, you can do your thing in, early in the morning and go off, get ready for what uh, should be one of the best games of the year, man. You're going to have to get some, uh, some Pittsburgh delicacies. How can people uh, follow you on Twitter? The, well, they can follow me at Jay Fowler ESPN, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be active there all game, and uh, yeah, it should be a great one. All right, I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. I want to thank our terrific guest, Jeremy Fowler, an outstanding senior writer covering the Steelers for ESPN's NFL Nation. Also want to, of course, thank our great sponsors, Hims and Robinhood. For producer Mike Alonji and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. 
It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.